Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Thoughts May Vary. And wow. Wow. One of our most expansive friends. Do you like how we're really teasing up the expansive friendship episode? <laughs> yeah. Also, just like quick disclaimer, I'm ill. So if my voice sounds weird throughout this whole time and you can hear me like gargling fucking lemon water, that's what was happening. Mind just your business. Warning. Mind yeah. your business. Anyway, I don't even want to take up the people's time because it was such a good episode and I want everyone to hear it. So I'll just tell you about who we had on the pod today. Our good friend Scout. <laughs> we had our dear friend Scout Sobel on the podcast today. Scout is a trailblazer in the media industry for utilizing podcast tours as a powerful form of PR. She's very ahead of her time, if we do say so ourselves. Oh, yeah. She founded Scout's agency in February of 2019 after recognizing the power of podcasting as a long-form, intimate medium for founders to tell their stories and expand their businesses. Her signature podcast tours place female entrepreneurs as guests on podcasts. I have actually worked with Scout, by the way, like two years ago. Yeah. And wow. Wow, no, does she craft a great team as well. The value is in, incredible. Talk about implementing your ethos into Seriously. internal, external, literally everything. She's also the author of the best-selling book, The Emotional Entrepreneur, The Emotional Guidebook to Entrepreneurship. She's also the host of The Emotional Entrepreneur podcast and the co-host of top charting podcast, OK Sis. And funny enough, just to give the listeners a little background tea, I've known her sister and co-host Maddie since high school. So I've known about Scout and, and followed her journey from afar for years and just since becoming her friend and listening to her podcast and being on her podcast and her being here, like every time I talk to her, I feel refreshed. I feel renewed in living in alignment. I feel inspired. I feel expanded. Like she is such a beautiful example of everything TMB stands for, of learning in real time and doing what works for you. And it's, I can't say enough great things. This episode is fucking packed. We talked about everything in this episode. We talked about her mental health journey. We talked about working with her bipolar diagnosis in a way that works for her, the difference between traditional therapy and coaching and how that transformed her life. We talked about intuition and things that light you up, releasing attachment to outcomes, quantum leaping your growth. We talked about how she rests, which is a huge part of all this quantum growth. We talked about her favorite books because I know y'all always ask for those and she gave us some great ones. We talked about tips on how to put yourself in spaces you want to be in and brag about yourself confidently. This, this episode could not be more value-packed and beautiful and inspiring. And Scott, we just love you so much. Thank you for and being here. And don't you fret. She will be coming back. Oh, okay? yeah. Of course. Yeah, we'll be coming back and we want to definitely discuss navigating motherhood and entrepreneurship all through the lens of mental health. So don't you fret. There's going to be a part two. And ask your questions. Yes. Always send us your questions on IG because you've been doing that for Joanna Candell and some other good friends that are coming back as well. And I think it's going to be a great way to have our guests be familiar faces and just continue to provide value for the community. Scott, we love you. Enjoy the episode, guys. Oh my God, enjoy. Here's our combo with Scout. We need Scout in house because yeah. we're talking and she's like, no, 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 start recording. Start <laughs> yeah, how dare you this not? It's like the I feel like, of a podcast in those, well, especially if you know the person, yeah. like, even if you already know each other, it's like that first five minutes where you're just debriefing before you hit record. They're yep. always the best. You say the best shit and you're like, fuck, that wasn't recorded. It's true. It's For true. sure. Wait, so say what you were going to say. Re listening. I have to go, <laughs> right? That's yeah. what <laughs> I have to go back and listen to my birth story because I was feeling like the other day that she's, my baby's gonna be five months. In about oh a week my and God. And I what? already feel disconnected to the early, early, early days, wow. like the first month. Like I already feel like that was a lifetime ago. I feel so different. I'm trying to remember it and put myself in that energy obviously I remember it but it feels farther away than I expected it to feel at this point so I need to go back and listen to that because I was like five weeks six weeks when I recorded that I feel like so yeah. what do you feel like when you say like you feel different now like in terms of like as like the, a person or just in terms of like how you look at the situation of your birth story or like what do you mean by that I feel like in the beginning, it was just about me having a newborn. Like my whole life was just this newborn and my whole life was so different and I had a C-section. So I was physically much slower, obviously, because I was recovering. And 
it felt as if it was this bubble of transformation. And now, you know, I'm fucking back at work. My life's moving. I'm on calls. I'm on Zoom. I'm going to dinners. I'm, I can move my stomach. I got a little bit of abs back. It just feels like now it's life. Like, yeah. life. it's just life. And yeah. she's with me versus the first two months felt like a bigger, uh, I got to figure out what I'm doing here. Like, this yeah. is a big change. Yeah. So it's, I feel like I, I am a lot more settled into life with a baby where those first two months are just, wow, this is crazy. Your hormones make you feel like you're on drugs in a good way. Um, and it's a different reality those first two months. Okay. So we have to dive in because for our listeners, Scout is our longtime friend and expander. Yes. And we have not been able to catch up with you since motherhood. So today's episode is really just going to be about your whole fucking journey and identity and everything we're already talking about. Okay. I'm so excited. And I also have to say that you too, I aspire to have the carousel game on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Literally you best compliment Your Instagram is amazing. <laughs> What do you mean? No, no. Yeah. Your captions? Your, your captions? Yeah. Are you joking? Well, yeah, duh. Yeah. My captions are yeah. But like the swipe carousel, <laughs> I, you, you two are the coolest girls on the internet because of your swipe carousel moments. Listen, guys, you heard it here first and Scout said it to a must Oh, I'm true. taking that and making it our marketing from now on. Scout yeah. of Scout's agency says we're the coolest girls on the internet. Like that is now from now on how I pitch myself. I don't know how you guys, you guys make inanimate objects. So cool. <laughs> okay. That's funny. Honestly. Because I, do you, you know, Sam from Mayfair, Sam yeah, yeah. her and I are rereading Eckhart Tolle right now. And we were messaging each other. Like, you know, the bull has consciousness. Like this is source energy. Like we need to hold space for yeah. Like we are so no. on our bullshit <laughs> that I'm, I'm really rocking with the inanimate objects. So thank you for seeing me with that. I feel very I, Meadow up. Meadow inspires me with her inanimate object. Like the way Meadow sees things, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Everything has then, life. Like Everything now, has something to say. I finally I I'm taking full credit for this. I finally got Meadow back on YouTube. Yeah. And she posted her first video and it's fucking miraculous. Like this <laughs> her editing is unreal. And now I'm editing new, new YouTube videos for myself and like I can't get Meadow out of my head. There, this baby. happens all the time to the point that like we just had an episode with Jessica from To Be Magnetic. We finished recording and I'm like, Jessica, I have the best idea I've ever had. Oh. <laughs> I need to write an article, including you, about XYZ idea. Like, I, it just came, I just had this download when we were talking. Like, it's amazing. We hang up. Meadow's like, I love you. And I literally pitched that idea and had you proofread it. She last edited week. that exact of pitch of mine last week. <laughs> I was like, I like, this is how brain. burrowed Meadow is in my brain. <laughs> Your subconsciousness are like melding exactly. together as one because. There is sort of like a duo-ness to you guys yeah. on the internet. Really? We both have this same carousel vibe going, but, you know, Gabby's has a little bit of that Latina spice going down, and then Meadows is more inanimate object. But yeah. the memes, the memes yeah. that I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't explain and express the mastery that you two have. So I just wow. had to say that Thank before you. we get going. God, I just love and miss you so I know. Much. I haven't seen you since your book launch, which wow. was so fun, and I was so honored to be invited and included. Feels like a lifetime ago, though, yeah. huh? Yeah, it was like a wait. When was that? Last year. Last year. Year before? No, no two years ago, maybe even. No, no. It'll be two years in August, twenty twenty one. I don't think. Yeah, you weren't pregnant. Yeah, or like, but, yeah. It was wow. twenty twenty one. Yeah, that's crazy. That is so weird. Okay, yeah. we gotta we gotta jump into your unpacking. We gotta dive because in because I have so many questions yeah. for you. Yeah. Take it away, Gabs. Okay. So we start every episode by asking our guests what they're currently unpacking. Big, small, however you take that. Oh, what am I currently unpacking? Uh, oh, my God. Sorry. I should know this answer off the top okay. of my head. No, it's fun when you have to think on it. You know, this is what I was unpacking this morning, which feels a little, you know, I don't like talking about it that much, but I'll just let you know what I'm unpacking. I'm unpacking the fact that I feel as if I am so into personal development and mental health and entrepreneurship and being a mom that in the last couple of days, it's been calling on me, especially I think now that I have a baby, it's almost necessary to put that same amount of emphasis into my relationship with my husband mm. as far as being intentional and working on our relationship and how, you know, weekly check-ins and, and how is my ego involved and where can I be, you know, have be a little bit more humble and uh, 
just our patterns. And, you know, we've been together for over 10 years now, wow. 10 and a half years. And when you have a baby, you're like, oh, we really got to be on the same page with all things at all times, sort of. So I was just ju- kind of diving into that mm-hmm. this morning, thinking that I really want to, I think I'm ready to have that be the next section of my evolution, I suppose, because yeah. I feel like all the other things are not that my husband and I aren't firing on all cylinders. It's just that I, I don't think I've, we've approached our relationship in, in the way that I approach like my business or my mental health. And I think that's kind of our next evolution as parents and as husband and wife. I haven't told him this yet. So <laughs> I'm sure he agrees. But, yeah. Wow, yeah. It's, uh, not- mental health and spirituality is Adam. I feel like he's pretty aligned. Yeah. So, you know, he's sober. So he went through the 12 step program. So he was the one that introduced me to that program, which introduced me to a higher power. So he was Mm. the one that got me on that whole kind of journey and taking radical responsibility for my emotions and radical responsibility over my healing. So he was really my catalyst in that sense. Wow. I'm like a lot more woo woo than he is, but he'll go there with me. Like, you know, we'll go to Tulum and do a sound bath meditation together and he'll love it and stuff like that. I would just say that I'm probably a little more, you know, I'm pulling cards. Yeah. 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 Member right. Um, but yeah, he, he definitely can play in that arena too. We don't have to dive into it too much if you don't want to, because I know you haven't had the conversation, but just out of curiosity, when you, cause you were saying now that you guys are parents, like being on the same page is more important than ever. And I'm sure that's going to continue to grow, especially as it grows up and she's a teenager and she can talk back. And like, you guys are like having those direct conversations. Has that impacted other facets of your relationship where like maybe in areas where previously you guys would disagree and it was fine and it was like a fun little debate? Is that like Mm. no longer or have you seen yourself like being more reactive to those things? Because it's like we got to be on the same page about like everything. No, you know, I'm really grateful that my husband and I are really aligned on lifestyle, values, finances, beliefs, all of those things. Sure, we have different approaches as parents to her, but all the big stuff we're super aligned on. It's so much more that my husband and I really live kind of these, not separate lives, but I have my business. He's getting his PhD that he's really consumed with. So we've always been on opposite schedules. He's a night owl. I'm a morning person. Like, we really don't see each other that much during the week usually, but now that we have a baby, it's like, okay, wait a minute. Like we have to check in yeah. a lot more. It's a much more of a logistical thing. Mm. Like, it's a much more like, oh, we used to be able to go a week and do our own thing and have our own plans and be really head down in each of our careers separately. And now it's a lot more like, oh, okay, what time are you working until tonight? And who's going to watch the baby at this time? And when are we spending intentional family time together, et cetera? So I mean, I'm really, really grateful because when I got together with my husband, I was 21. We dated a little bit in high school, so I knew him. But, you know, back then it wasn't like we sat down and we were asking ourselves, do our values align? Does our beliefs align? Is our lifestyle align? Our goals aligned? And they just are, Mm -hmm. which is amazing. Like fully our foundation, like where we see our life going together is the same. Um, It's just a lot more of like a logistical operational situation that we now have to, and then how do we prioritize each other and all of that stuff. So that's what I would say the biggest change is for me as a wife. Do you feel like you're, I mean, you're still in the newborn phase. So does it still feel like you have the magic of like watching him be a dad? Or does it feel like you have to like schedule intimacy? You know what I mean? Like, how do you balance that? Like spontaneity, fun magic with, cause I'm so not operational in that way. I feel like you probably are a little bit more. You're a fucking badass businesswoman. Like you have your fucking shit down. But I feel like that would be hard for me to grapple with personally. I think when you have a baby and you are like me who went back to work very early, et cetera, it's all about logistics. That has been the biggest shock to my system, Mm. I think, with becoming a mom. Like the first two months were amazing. I was like, this shit is way easier than everyone was telling me. Like, this is great. I can do this all day long. It's incredible. It was when you start to live your daily life again that you Mm. realize that there's so many things that you took for granted or that you didn't realize that you now have to think about. So like just the concept that I literally can't just leave and do things if someone's not watching my baby. Like my baby needs to be watched 24-7, like 24-7. And so if someone texts me and says, you want to go to dinner? No, I can't. I don't have a babysitter. Like 
Yeah. That is that didn't really hit me until I was living in it. I think yeah. it's not even an option. Like you have to know who's watching her. You have to know who's ordering the diapers. You have yeah. to know all mm. of those things. Who's making dinner? Who's doing this? Who's doing that? Who's watching her then? Um, because if you don't, I mean, you can't. You can't operate. It forces you to get much more organized. And I think that was the biggest uh, difficulty or transition for me personally was. Oh, you know, I don't get my two hour morning routine in the morning. Yeah. And like, I knew that, right? Sure, I knew right. that was coming. But when you actually have been doing that for three months straight, you're like, holy fuck, I need a goddamn minute yeah. to do my meditation real quick. You yeah. know, when you wake up with her and then the nanny comes and you run to get ready and then you go straight to work and then you go straight to relieve the nanny and then you're with her and she goes to bed at 730 you get like an hour at the end of the day to do your skincare and decompress and get in bed. Um, once you've been doing that for a consistent amount of time and I'm like a nurse, like a masochist and I traveled with her and I did all these things. That's the biggest thing of like, wait a minute, I have to like plan who watches her or if I want a moment to myself, like my moments to myself come second if she gives them yeah. to me. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm oh, so glad. Sorry, that's Madam, okay. Go I'm ahead. I'm to cut you off because I know we're going to dive into the questions. I'm so glad that you brought up just having support and having a nanny, especially because you were mentioning getting back to work sooner. And I feel like it's something that a lot of moms will. I mean, I'm not a parent, so I don't even want to speak on it at all. But I just feel like it's wonderful that you brought that up. What was the process like for you of finding someone? Like, mm. I don't know. How was that? How was like, was it like a personality fit? Was it like, what's your resume like? What was the, what was the vibe? It's a really good question. And I don't know why this is such a weird topic. Because I, unless you are staying home yeah. with your baby every day, someone's watching the baby. Yeah. Like someone's right. looking at every baby. You know what I mean? So unless you're a stay-at-home mom, and even when you're a stay-at-home mom, I you know I can't speak to everybody, but like there are moments when you are not with your baby and someone is watching your baby. So we're a community species. Only, like it's weird that we act like yeah. we're not. I yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It's weird. But what I what kind of went into my decision, I am so, so incredibly blessed that my nanny who grew up with me in my house, she lived with us for 10 years, yeah. is with my daughter two days a week, which is like incredible. Oh, that can make That's me cry. Yeah, that really you know, can make me cry too. <laughs> oh, like wow. second to having, you know, my mom yeah. being her. Yeah. Um, so she comes twice a week to help out, which is incredible Monday, Wednesday. And then for Thursday, Friday, I got so lucky. She's been interning for us forever and we're very close to her. She's become kind of a mentee in me and she goes to SDSU, which is right down the street. And I asked her if she knew anybody who was looking to be a nanny. And she actually had a friend who had just said she wanted to nanny. She's been nannying for seven years. She has wow. some childcare certification, whatever. And so... She came over. It was a vibe check for me. But the fact that she came recommended yeah. and then the fact mm -hmm. that she had nanny experience, that she had these certifications. I talked to the past woman that she worked for. And that's how I did it. I wanted it to be um, like a someone referred versus going mm -hmm. to like care.com right. and finding a random person. And I, and I highly suggest there's so many mom groups that you can go into, like go into them on Facebook. If you're Jewish, the JCC's got one, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And ask those people, like ask people, you know, um, and that's kind of how I find the best way to do it. it. It makes me nervous to leave her with someone that wasn't referred. Totally. Mm -hmm. Gabby and I also each have that nanny and woman in our lives that I know we each thought of immediately. So that's so beautiful. I can't even handle it. Like if, oh, no, I'm literally God. like, that's the sole reason I want to like move back to Miami yeah. now that you said that. I'm like, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> I got to have her there. Seriously. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. It's amazing to watch her interact. And she was the, for the first two months before I went back to work, it was just my nanny who's now her nanny. And so it was such a great way to ease into having someone else watching your baby because obviously I trust her with my life. Um, yeah. so yeah, I'm very, very fortunate that that's the case. And, you know, my dad and, um, her grandparents help out so much, which is amazing. You know, I went into having a baby, not expecting my parents or, you know, my in-laws mm -hmm. to be able to help just because I think that going into it with that expectation was good because I didn't want to really plan or have any of that in mind. And they've been really, really helpful. So I'm really fortunate and grateful for that. 
Okay, we just have to pause for a little technical difficulty. It hasn't happened in a while, Meadow. I know, it hasn't, but perfect person to have it with. I had it the other day and I was like, what the fuck is going on? I've been podcasting for four and a half years and I'm having a technical issue. It happens. It happens. Oh my gosh, I'm, at least it's with you. The person who like, when Meadow and I were like, we want a podcast, so graciously got on the phone with me for like an hour. And explained everything. And just gave me the entire rundown. Yeah. I did that? Yes, you did. <laughs> you did that you. like two years ago. <laughs> I did that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, wait, let's back up a little bit because in case our listeners don't know who you are, first of all, please go listen to OK Sis and the Emotional Entrepreneur Podcast because Scout is an absolute expansive icon icon of a human being. And we're just so grateful. Yeah, you and Maddie on that that pot are so good. Amazing. And your birth stories, insane. I cried multiple times and I want to get into it. But for folks that don't know you, can you give a little bit of your trajectory of like, your diagnosis three, four years ago, what your support system was saying, how you're gracefully mm-hmm. navigating your challenges now, mm-hmm. living in alignment. You know, all of it. Spark Notes version, so be five I yes. So yeah. I like to start my story at the age of 14, which is when I had my first depressive episode. Um, that's when my mental health journey started, but I wasn't diagnosed until the age of 20 with bipolar disorder type two. And that was what, like almost 12 years ago now, which 12 years ago, the mental health landscape was very different for reference. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. For reference, there wasn't really Instagram. So that means there were no thought leaders or content creators or podcasts on the subject. And so I felt incredibly alone. Um, It was a very scary moment for me to be diagnosed when I was. And I suffered from a slew of symptoms, including depression, anxiety, psychosis, paranoia and catatonia. And I uh, had to drop out of college. I went through two outpatient programs. I was 51, 50. And there was a lot of talk about me not being able to function in society since I couldn't hold down a minimum wage job. I couldn't complete college. It was really difficult for me to even fulfill my social life in a great way. So my early to mid twenties were really me kind of floundering, trying to figure out how to make it in this world, living with this mental illness. I really credit my husband for the initial commitment to my mental health healing. So when we started dating, about a month or two into dating, uh, I was 21, he said, listen, I don't care if you're depressed. If you're depressed and hopeful, I will stay in this relationship with you. But if you're depressed and hopeless, I can't be here. And that was the first time somebody looked at me and said that, essentially that there are things that I can do that are in my control. Like maybe I can't control that I'm depressed, but I can control how I feel about it and what I do about it next. Mm -hmm. And so that led me down a really, really uh, intense path. I started reading every book that I could. I started implementing gratitude. I started going to support groups, which I know we talk a lot about one-on-one therapy, but don't sleep on support groups. I think support groups. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think if it's therapy, Absolutely. you can get caught in your own bullshit because there's no one else, right? That you're only telling your side of the story. Yep. Uh, support groups changed my life. So And more accessible. Wow. So oh, many yeah. of them are free yeah. and amazing. Free. Yes. I love free. that you say that. Um, I think that needs to be uh, the new conversation around therapy. So yeah, I, I spent... Um, my early 20s, just being like, what the fuck? And how do I live life? And where am I going to be successful? And I found entrepreneurship at the age of 22. And that's when the game changed. I was sitting with my friend and I said, hey, you want to start a magazine? And we were just going to print it at Kinko's and pass it out to our friends. And it was going to be an art project. And that night I went insane. You know, we can credit Mania for this. And I like got the domain name and the Instagram handle and I made all these appointments at these fancy printers and they were like, it's going to cost $10,000. And I created a Kickstarter and that just showed me that there was an avenue that I could be successful and lit up by. And that magazine had a three issue run. The second was sold on newsstands across the country. The third was sold in Barnes and Noble and had Halsey on the cover. And that's when I realized that entrepreneurship was going to be the way that I was successful in this world. And so Dropped out of college a second time and then spent my mid-20s trying to figure out what business I wanted to start. So I started a blog and then I started another podcast and then I started a social media agency and I just did anything and everything. I was like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. Let's try that. But it wasn't until I started OKSIS with my sister in August of 2018 that 
I really found a medium and a home um, that really felt aligned for me. So I started the podcast and very quickly fell in love with the medium and was also realizing that when we would have female guests on our podcast, our community would follow them online, buy their products, sign up for their newsletter, listen to their podcast. And that's when the aha moment came that being a guest on a podcast was a form of PR. Mm -hmm. So I started Scouts Agency four years ago, February 2019. Just ahead of the curve. Oh, yeah. Always. Yeah, it's been, you know, that there's a blessing and a curse for that. So I've had to educate a lot of people on this strategy. But today we're the leading agency and running podcast tours for women. So that's been my entrepreneurial journey. And simultaneously, obviously my mental health, I feel like I got myself to a point where I could function, but I was still really afraid of my emotions. I was afraid mm. of what a depressive episode could do to me. I was afraid of any hint of discomfort. And so I worked with a coach. I got out of therapy and I started working with a coach exclusively. And I started to develop a spiritual practice that saved my life. And I started to develop the belief that I am safe in my emotions. And around the age of 28 is when I really became empowered within my mental health. I got off medication and I decided to get pregnant, which I was actually going to go down the route of surrogacy because my psychiatrists and therapists didn't think that being off medication and carrying my child that I would be able to handle it with the severity of my mental illness. And um, with a lot of, lot of work, I got myself to a point where I felt comfortable and stable enough within my mental illness that I finally, after a year and a half fertility journey, got pregnant and had my baby. And so now it's just a new level of how do I show up in motherhood with the mental health and spiritual tools that I've cultivated mm -hmm. to get myself to this point? Yeah, that's the spark notes God, version. It's so beautiful. Okay, I have two main things that came to mind. First, what have you felt has been the biggest distinction between your shift from traditional therapy to working with a coach? Was it that mm. spiritual element or just a lot more? That's an excellent question. And it's something that when I was talking about it a couple years ago, I got a lot of flack for mm -hmm. and people um, thought I was being irresponsible. And yep. even, my, even my close friends, like I would be like, this coach saved my life. And I would tell them and they'd be like, but what are her credentials? Yep. And I was like, did you not? Did you not hear what I just said? Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I'm careful about the way I speak about it, but I am very honest about the reality of my story, which right. was I was put in therapy at 14. I went through the clinical, psychiatric, and um, therapeutic world. I also like to mention in, in a way that my mental health experience was very clinical. So mm -hmm. it, it wasn't necessarily, you know, water. It was meds. It was yeah. being locked up. It was hospitals. It was it was very serious for so long. And so I found myself in a system that disempowered me and looked at me as a patient. Yes. I was put into a system where they were using words like, well, you have a very severe condition. If you feel this way, you know you should go to the hospital, right? And they would they would speak to me as if I was a clinical patient. And I they were afraid of me. Mm. And so if they were afraid of me, how was I supposed to feel safe in mm. my own landscape? And so I went through so many therapists. There's there's a lot of components as to why coaching has worked for me specifically, but I went through so many therapists and it never worked. Psychiatric medication made me worse most of the times. And I never felt as if the doctors around me believed in me. Mm. And so I found a coach. She invited me into her mastermind. We did like a trade. And so I got a taste of her work before signing up one-on-one. -on -one, and I watched how I specifically reacted to her energy and reacted to her containers. And so then I signed up one-on-one. -on -one. Now, there's a couple reasons why coaching for me has worked. One, there's an investment that one makes in a coach. You have to work mm -hmm. with them for a certain amount of time and you're paying money. I know that's not accessible to everybody, but if it is, and I would argue that it's a lot more accessible than you may think because there's a lot of limiting beliefs on investing in ourselves. When you put down money and you sign a contract and you make a commitment, you're going to show up. Therapy, I could cancel whenever I wanted. I could go once a month. I could go every other month. I could go once a week. So there's that commitment. Mm. And two, I looked at her and I said, listen, I'm bipolar. I get suicidal ideation. Can you handle that? You know, it's okay if you can. I get it whatever. And she looked at me and she said, you're a human being having a human experience. That's it. 
And it was the first time anyone had ever looked at me and made me feel like I could manage this or Mm. saw me for what I was having. And so working with my coach, Amy Natalie, has been the biggest gift. We're going on three years together. And it's also, it's just, it's, she empowers me. There's no disempowerment conversation. There's no languages of clinical or uh, limiting, constricting beliefs about my ability. For example, the fact that these fuckers told me I couldn't carry my own child. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, come on, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what about empowering me to get to a point where maybe I could consider something like that versus yeah. just shutting that option off? For me, I felt as if I needed more daily support. Mm. So a therapist do once a week. And sometimes you're like, well, you know, that I already rode the wave and I don't need to talk yeah. about it anymore. Uh, she, uh, I'm on Boxer with her, so I can voice note her during mm-hmm. the day. And that's really important to me because I'm an audible processor. So when I'm going through it, I can just send her a voice note and she gets back to me either that day or the next day. But that in the moment coaching, mm-hmm. in my opinion, was key to me really, really healing myself. Totally. Totally. It's so, it's so fun to hear that side of things because I, I think I shared with you a little bit last year when I was kind of starting this, but I did the flip side. Like I went from the clinical mental health professional world to realizing, I think I want to move into coaching and like the, the shadow work that I had to do in order to like tell my community of mental health professionals and my, my fucking fiance, who's still at NAMI and direct service in the highest capacity. Like I want to do this instead was it took so much shadow work. It was wild. And it's still, I yeah. still strongly believe that it's a, it's a facet of mental health healing that needs a rebrand and really needs yeah. intentional people in it. And, yes. and you yes. have to parcel that out, but it, it's just so beautiful and, and validating to hear that side of it too. Yeah. And like, just like therapists, like not every therapist is good. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Not every coach is good. Like yep. it, it's, yes. it's you got to find the one that works for you. But I do think, and I hope, and this is probably uh, too ambitious for our time right now, that I'm so grateful that therapy is being talked about. I'm so yeah. grateful that people are going to therapy because that wasn't the case 10 years ago. And at all. I, yeah, at all. And I really hope that the clinical side of that world softens a little mm-hmm. bit I and, and um, supports their patients in a little bit more of an empowering mm-hmm. way. Yeah, too. definitely. First of all, thank you for so beautifully having that conversation. I think that's going to be really helpful for a lot of listeners. What was my other yeah, point I that I wanted to say? It'll come to me. It'll okay, because if you me. don't have one, I have a question immediately. Go ahead. Go ahead. I have so many for you, yes. Scout. It's not even funny. Do you remember last time we talked? We talked for two and a half hours. I should have scheduled this for at least three hours. That's <laughs> the way I love I was, to talk I don't to. have anything, so we can go over if you guys need. Um, yeah, that was, that the, was the best. And I have to say for anyone that like we literally sat in your backyard the sun was shining on us the birds were chirping luna was like sniffing in the grass it was, it was like the most vibe. glorious I wasn't there, but i got a picture it was a fucking vibe it was the most glorious podcast recording ever but i think in general you've always been someone like clearly through everything you just said in your you know spark notes version of your life story you really like trust and believe your intuition even yeah. when emotions and thoughts yeah. come up that maybe are not aligned with that and you create the space to parcel him out, I, I would love for you to kind of speak to that more. And also how the hell has mother's intuition come in? Because you oh, yeah. seeing in meditation that you were going to have a C-section from there. I was like the intuition that you had four. already, that, I know I have chills thinking about it, the intuition that you had already developed. And now like being a mom, like I have to know how that's affected your mental health, spirituality, everything. Yeah. Oh, great question. So I think of intuition, I really relate it to my solar plexus chakra. Mm. It's always been very on fire for me. So I always have difficulty answering this question because it's something that comes naturally to me. And I think that things that come naturally, like hard to explain. How much can I teach? I get that. Would you know your human design, Scout? I'm a generator, emotional generator. So my sister, I was like, I'm a generator. (laughs) Oh, I wish I was a band gen just because it sounds way better than just <laughs> um, it sounds. <laughs> from a very young age, I mean, in high school, I'd be like, nah, that doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. And it was, it. I never cared about what people thought, you know, like I was like, I'm just going to get an 80% in physics because I'm never going to fucking use mm-hmm. physics. But I know that I kind of have to not get a C so my parents don't totally kill me, but like why work for an 88, right? right? Mm-hmm. When like the UC system will just show it as right. a B. So I always, right, you know, I was always like, this isn't worth my time. I'm going to go write poetry at the coffee yeah. shop instead. So I skipped school all the time to literally sit at a coffee shop and read my book. 
I just kind of have this inner knowing that what was worth my time and what was, wasn't worth my time. And I really credit my mental illness mm-hmm. to that because whenever I do something that's out of alignment, it flares up really, really, really significantly mm. to a point where it will take me out. So it's always talking to me. And so if I do something that's not a fuck yes, 100% in, I get anxious, I get depressed. I mean, I, I physically can't function anymore. And so it's the greatest gift that I've ever been given because I will never wake up at the age of 50 and wonder where my life went. Yeah. It just won't happen because every day my mental health and my mental illness is letting me know, am I on the right path or am I not on the right path? Am I in my purpose or am I not in my purpose? Am I in alignment or am I not in alignment? The part is, is that I answer the call. Mm -hmm. The part Mm -hmm. is, is that I choose to trust that call. We all have that call in us. It's just a matter of how uncomfortable are you willing to get? What kind of risks are you willing to take? And how badly do you want what you don't have in this moment? So I... I'm very connected. I make emotional decisions in my business all the time. I I don't really believe in, I'm not such a rational, practical person. I believe that my desires are placed into me for a reason. And if I have a desire, it's because it deserves to get played out in this lifetime. And so I'm not going to overthink whether that's responsible, whether that makes sense, whether that's a good investment, whether that's, you know, whatever. I'm like, no, this is what I want. And I feel it in my body. And so I'm going to chase after that because that's, that's the way I live my life. I want everything I do and, and to experience and to be a direct reflection of what I internally want, whether it's my desires or my intuition. Um, and it's a, you know, if that seems super foreign, it's a practice, it like it's a muscle, like get an intuitive hit, follow it, see, see, see what happens. Um, and, you know, it's not going to be easy, like shit will happen, but, you know, follow your desires. I really, really preach that people need to pay way more attention to their desires and their dreams. Your desires and your dreams want you too. They're meant to be yours for a reason. They're meant to play out for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you say that. It's like God saying, you can do this. And then you're like, no, I can't. Who are you to say that? Exactly. I literally always, I'm like, who are we to think that we can outthink life? I would yeah. think the universe is hitting. Yeah, no way. No, it's hilarious. Like our desires, our dreams, our intuitive hits, our downloads, those are direct yep. communication from life, the universe, God, whatever you believe in. And it's honestly just a matter if you want to hop on them and if you that's like if you want to trust that flow. Yep. And I believe that's where life opens up. So as a mom, you know, I was actually kind of waiting for like the mother's intuition mm. to happen and I guess it has I guess I, I it's just not in the way I thought it was going to mm-hmm. um I thought it was gonna be like I'm sitting here and she's crying and I'm like it's because of this yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. not what it is for me yes it started with knowing that she was meant to be born as a c-section baby and my doula was and everyone was like flip the baby flip the baby flip the baby and I my body was like no uh, I'm not supposed to flip her. She doesn't want to be flipped. She's made some sort of contract that she's coming here this way. And there's a reason for it. And that reason did reveal itself to me later on. And I'll tell you guys about that privately. Um, but there's been a lot of intuitive things. Like, I believe that your baby chooses you for a reason. So yeah, a baby that needs a mom who is a stay-at-home mom will be born to that mom. Mm. A baby who needs a mom who is working will be born to that mom. A baby who needs a mom who wants to co-sleep and breastfeed exclusively and all those mm. things need that mom. And so whenever I shame myself because I'll read a post about a mom who did this or a mom who did that, I say, wait a minute, like my baby doesn't, doesn't need that. My baby needs me. Mm-hmm. Like my baby needs my way of doing things. And so that's where the intuition comes in. Like I know that my daughter needs me, but I know she's not the type of girl and I'm not the type of mom where we necessarily need to be sleeping together and she needs to only take my boob and not a bottle. Like she has a little bit of an independence in her and I have an independence and that works for us. And she flourishes in that state. Like you kind of just intuitively the way you parent, if you're conscious about it, I believe ends up matching what your child needs and why her soul came here. So you can't like really fuck it up if you're really conscious about it because they chose the lessons and the blind spots that you have and all of that. So that's what I really believe. Like 
a mom who is like supernatural, like doesn't do the epidural, you know, mm-hmm. there's all these different types mm-hmm. of decisions that we make. That's because that's right for that mom and that baby. It yeah. doesn't mean that that's right for all moms and babies. Yeah. And so I really just trusted how can I be a best mom? And my main philosophy, my main, main, main philosophy in motherhood is that I am going to be the best mom to Lily if I'm a fully embodied, fully expressed, firing on all cylinders, aligned human being. Now, how do I become that? I build my business. Mm-hmm. I go to yoga. Mm-hmm. I journal. I meditate. I take time away from her. I prioritize myself. I All these things that still light me up, I, I make sure I do because my daughter... I think the ultimate disservice we do as children, do to our children, is is to be a martyr mm, and to mm. give up on our dreams and to not be who we actually are because we think we need to be with them twenty four seven. I think that that is a burden that your child will carry. I think it is a burden that she, without getting too personal, because I don't like talking about other people and not my story, but. I really grappled with is going back to work this early and being an entrepreneur and working going to hurt her. Mm. And no, Mm -hmm. because I cannot look at her in the eye and tell her that you can be anything, do anything, feel anything. And I don't care what it is. You want to go fucking backpack for 10 years, go backpack for 10 years when she's older. I don't care what it is. But I cannot raise a baby who is in her sole purpose if I am not in my sole purpose. It won't work. And so that's what I've committed to is now before her, I had to be a fully expressed aligned person to not get depressed. And now I have to be a fully aligned expressed person so that my baby girl has the ultimate role model and example for her life. So it's, wild the whole thing's wild it's it's a constant like coming back to yourself but you you can't fuck it up if you're doing the thing that is intuitively right for you we have a lot of listeners especially particularly people that are in like college age whether they're in or out of school that ask us questions regarding finding their purpose Mm. and I know that we you know we've talked about a lot of the beautiful work that you've done but I know that you also mentor a lot of people and if there's anything that you could say to them of sort of tools and practices in which you're able to figure out, like, is this lighting me up? Am I doing this because, you know, X person in my life, I want to impress them or doing, I'm doing it for them. Approaching it playfully yeah. and not yeah. like a no is a rejection, but it's a, you know, aligning you. An to opportunity for the next yes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my thing is that I would just get really curious and I would be unafraid to jump into as many things as possible, like as many things as possible, like fuck getting the great salary out of college, fuck sometimes finishing college, if I'm being honest, you know, we just talked about that it, yesterday. Gabby. Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter. It, depending on your life path, don't be a, you know, you can't be a neurosurgeon and not go to college, but <laughs> thank God, yeah. I would take the pressure off the fact that you have to find it and mm. I would just live your life based off of your curiosity. So if something sounds like an exciting idea, just try it on for a second. Like when I started Scouts Agency, I told my dad and my husband and they were like, this is a lot. Like you keep doing things. Like, do you have time for this, et cetera? And I was like, I don't care about that. I had an idea. I'm just going to play in the energy for two weeks and think it's something I want to continue. Yeah. I think that if we're in the curiosity phase and in the exploration phase, we don't necessarily need to attach such intense meaning to every decision we Mm. make, or we don't have to put a lot of pressure for that to be the one that's going to do the thing. I mean, I run a very successful business. We have a team of seven, but I spent the ages of 22 to 28 starting like 10 different things, Mm -hmm. you know? So just play around when you're early in your career, when you're super young, it's so much more fun to get a barista job and figure it out on the side and intern than in my opinion, to go straight into a nine to five. I think there's a lot of value in that. That's what I did. Mm -hmm. So just take the pressure off, like really take the pressure off. It doesn't matter what your parents want. It doesn't matter what society wants. Your early 20s are for the exploration phase. So if you're curious about something, 
try it on, try it on for a couple weeks and see where it takes. Mm, I love that advice. Every time I talk to you, I always feel so aligned with, cause you, you have such a perspective of presence. Oh my God. Words out of my mouth. Really Meadow. release outcome, yes. right? Like yeah. you really release attachment to outcome and narratives in such a way that's so yeah. empowering and beautiful. What are your top tools or habits that you've implemented to help you get to that? Yeah. Releasing control. It's in your yeah. whole birth story. Especially as a mom and the way that yeah. people project stories and narratives and perspectives and, and opinions. And it's just wild. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, there's no hack, right? It's, it's just a decision that you have to make. Like, are you going to live for other people or are you going to live for yourself? Are you willing to be uncomfortable or do you want to live blindly shoving your shit down? Which is fine. You could do that, but make the choice, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, you can't sit here and be upset that you're not living this big life if you're not willing to do the work to get there. It's something that I I can't evoke in other people. They have to turn it on themselves. And it's it's not something that gets turned on once and it's forever turned on until you really, really massage that muscle and strengthen that muscle. But you really have to be brutally honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to be mm-hmm. willing to want to get there and do what it takes to get to that point you have to be monitoring your thoughts daily mm-hmm. I mean, daily mm-hmm. I have a thought I'm like is that limiting is that someone else's is that society is that my mom is that my dad who is this and I really really challenge all of my thoughts that come into my mind any thought that feels like it's a no like it's a constricting mm-hmm. thing it's probably a lie like it's just probably a lie it's 99% probably a lie so whenever I feel that way, like, is this thought closing the door on opportunity? Okay, then I really need to think about that. And where is that coming from? And is that actually true? So it's a lot of mindset work. Um, but, you know, it's, it, it's just a willingness to want to be yourself. I mean, if I can get to the end of this life, and I know it sounds cheesy, but when I listen to Frank Sinatra's song, My Way, mm-hmm. it's the embodiment of my life. Like, I hope that I can get to the end and say, I did it my way. Like, that's it. I didn't do it anybody else's way but my own. And so, unfortunately, sometimes some of us have to hit major rock bottom to make these changes. I know I had to. So, if you're not there yet, it doesn't have to be like this decision that you make today and then all of a sudden tomorrow you wake up and it's great. It's a it's a commitment that you make to yourself over and over and over and over again, even when your mind, your body, your mental health, and your emotional and spiritual level are telling you the exact mm-hmm. opposite. Like you just have to keep coming back all the fucking time. And then it gets easier. Yeah. You yeah. build that muscle. How do you know, especially when we're talking about being like an ideas person and you had all these ideas, how do you know when it's time to stop something and pivot? Mm. Good question. You know, that's a really, really good question because I think that I quit things too early. Mm-hmm. I mean, hindsight's also twenty twenty. I was not supposed to do those things. And so therefore I quit, mm-hmm. right? And I had to quit and quit and quit and quit until I found the thing that I didn't want to quit or I couldn't quit mm-hmm. in many ways. So I think we do need to be mindful. And I've always, that's kind of my weakness is that in the beginning of this journey, I would quit too quickly when Mm. things got hard. Mm. Um, But I also think that's a direct reflection that whatever mode I was in or whatever job I was in or whatever situation I was in wasn't right for me. And my intuition knew that. So I was like, why play this out? Like, why play this out? It is something that I'm mindful of because when I do want to quit, I ask myself, is this that just urge to run away from discomfort or is this actually not aligned? Because when you start a business, uh, you want to quit all the time. Like, you want to quit all the time. Like no one really says that. Like I was like, <laughs> to my coach last week and I was like, I want to fucking quit. Yeah. She's like, okay, well, you know, 90% of the time you're aligned right now, you're in the realities of the business and stuff. So for me, when I do want to quit, I think, okay, am I just having like a moment of overwhelm, mm. a burnout? How do I get back to alignment? Is this actually, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing? And I'm really grateful that everything in my life is, yeah. but even when you're living your purpose, even when you're doing the right thing, there will be moments where you want to burn it down mm-hmm. all the time. It happens, especially as women with monthly cycles. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you know, hormonally, we can get to a point where we're like, no, nah, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. so yeah, you just have to come back to, 
okay, I'm having an emotional experience, but that's not actually my truth. So how can I ride this emotional experience while anchoring into the truth of my life and not be super too reactive to every thought and emotion that comes up? Mm. Can you talk about quantum leaping your growth? Sure. I know this Um, is going to be a podcast episode on its own, but... (laughs) <laughs> Everything I've asked you today, I'm like, I could hear you talk about it for an hour and a half at minimum. <laughs> yeah. I'm leaping my growth. <sighs> I think that when I started my agency, I was so hungry and so determined and I really wanted a lot out of it. And so I pushed and I pushed and I pushed and I hustled and I did what it took to get the agency to where it's at. And I think that's an innate part of me. Mm. Um, I shamed myself for that part of me a lot because it's been labeled in like the toxic hustle culture vibe, but I've come to learn that it's just how I operate and I actually find a lot of alignment in that. And that's an example of me saying, okay, that's like a societal belief about how I operate and that's not actually true for me. So I have an, I don't, maybe I have an urgency to live a big life because I was in a shithole for a while with my mental illness. Like maybe I don't want to waste another second and another minute. Um, I think I have too many ideas in my head that I want to bring out into the world. And so I do feel a sense of urgency to do it pretty quickly because I want to maximize my time here. Um, But I also feel really at home in that type Mm -hmm. of growth, you know, Mm -hmm. 600% since year one. And um, I, I feel at home in that. And and that kind of a metric suits me. That kind of a metric doesn't necessarily suit everybody, mm-hmm. right? You have to find the metric that suits you. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that I get bored easily, mm-hmm. which is nice, maybe, because it changes all the time. But I do get bored very easily. And I do have a manic urge to create and to expand and grow at all times. So I think it's inherently in me. And there are totally times where I can't believe I do this to myself. And I think I'm insane. And it's too much and I cry and all those things, but it's always worth it for me in the end. I'm down. I'm down for emotional breakdowns in pursuit of the greater picture because I take such good care of my mental health that I know what to do when I have those moments. You always have the hope. You always have the hope. Yeah. You always have the hope. Oh yeah. Bringing it back to what Adam said. How do you relax? How do you, how do you truly (laughs) calm down? (laughs) Relax. That was the most Gabby question of all time. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just curious. So how do you relax? Are you asking me that because you think I don't relax? Or are you asking me that because you no. need help relaxing? Because I need help relaxing. No, no, no. I know you relax because nobody yeah. – Scout, I love many things about you. But one of the things that I adore about you and like this has been so exciting. I mean we've been on for 40 minutes so far and like I've just – I'm like, ah, oh, God, she's the best. There are certain people that when they speak, it's very rehearsed and there's certain mm. people – whether it's good or bad, like I'm not sure attaching anything yes. to it. There's different ways in which we feel comfortable public speaking, whatever. And then there's other people that you hear speak and it feels like information is just being downloaded through them. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that when you were telling your birth story, because I was like, wow, I think about it now that I'm back on YouTube when I'm trying to sit in front of a mm. camera, the amount of spaces that I edit out of me just sitting in silence, trying to find my train of thought. Mm. And I was thinking about that when you, when the way that you speak on your podcast, um, and so does Maddie. And just now, like listening to the way that you speak, like you are one of those people that it's like a vessel just coming through you. And I think that's so amazing. And like, we're so grateful that you use your voice in the way that you do. So no, I'm not asking because I don't think that anybody who speaks that way doesn't take time to take care of exactly. themselves and doesn't take time to relax. It's how you make the space. I'm asking it. Yeah. it more of a space of like, yeah, for everyone listening, myself included, how do you find time for mindful relaxation? And what does it look like? Put the phone away. Put your phone away. Other room, off, do not disturb. Put it away. There's no even point in even giving another tip if you're not doing that. Because whenever I feel wired and I can't relax and my thoughts are too much, I look at my screen time and oop, it's a little bit up. Like I'm not putting it away an hour before bed. I'm looking at it first thing in the morning. That thing is terrible for us outside of its actual need of what we use it for. Mm -hmm, You know what I'm saying? mm -hmm. So put your phone away because it will be this addictive stimulus that you just don't even know is happening to you. But every time I feel like I can't relax, it's because I'm looking at my phone too late at night or I'm looking at it in the morning every single time. It's like the easiest thing to remove. 
And I would also say to create, I mean, I'm sure you have like a morning routine, mm-hmm. Gabby. Yeah. yeah. Like create, like find the couple rituals that work for you to regulate your nervous system. For me, it's meditation, bath, and journaling. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I'm feeling like I absolutely can't relax, I'll put my phone again away off all the things. Not even to listen to a podcast. Mm-hmm. Don't even do that. Like mm-hmm. you shouldn't be consuming anything. And I'll meditate, I'll journal, I'll take a bath. And then sometimes, this actually really helped me the other time because I like was just having a difficult time getting into the mood. I started speaking out loud my manifestations as if they had just come true. Oh. And I was like telling them to a friend. Oh, I like sat in a bath and I just like, to the wall. Yeah. And it allowed me to embody that state versus the state that I was actually Absolutely. in. So, um, you know, I would just first just put the phone away and then talk to me later. See how talk to me later. That's <laughs> the craziest thing. I Like it's the craziest hack and it's, that thing is really bad for our mind going and going and going. Yeah, it's so bad. I notice that all the time when I'm, I get really overstimulated really easily, especially with like sounds. Mm. Like if I'm stressed, I don't know, Meadow, if it was you that was at my house or if it was Maddie. And like, it was like I had friends over and everybody was like so excited to see each other. And like, we were all talking really loud. And then the TV was on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, I think someone was like on their phone and I was like, I'm going to have a, I'm going to crack. Like I get really overstimulated. And I, sometimes it happens like, especially because like Meadow and I text all day, every day, like for work and friends. But like, if I'm in one of those places where I'm getting really overstimulated and I start seeing texts come through of like the most simple things, I will feel like that again. And I'm like, Mm. oh my God, I don't even know how to answer this. And then it's like, what do I do? And then I can't put the phone away because I'm working. And it's like, it's, yeah. I'm I'm the same same way. My text messages really freak me the fuck out. So right now I have 36 text messages unread. Mm -hmm. I move work outside of text messages. Like work just can't be. We've tried this so many times. But it's only because it's, it's Gabby, as we grow, that'll get easier. When it's just us, it's so easy to text. As we grow, that'll get easier. We have a Slack channel. We have a Slack channel that exists. Okay, sis is on my text. Right. Right. Okay. because it's it's my sister, right, right. you guys are best friends. Like that's a little bit easier to manage. But other than okay sis being in my text messages, there's nothing in my text messages, and I'm on do not disturb. Like it's nobody's. Yeah, me too. And I don't care if I have 50 text messages. Yeah. I used to be the person who felt like if I was in the middle of a fucking podcast and someone texted me, like, like oh I gotta get back to them, like mm-hmm. right when I'm done. And it took me so long because I was really addicted to my text messages. And I was really addicted to getting back to people immediately. And it was very uncomfortable for me because I'm a people pleaser. But ever since having a baby, it's like, that is the, like, it's the lowest on the totem pole. Totally. If you want something from me, if you need like a link to somewhere, like I will get to that when I can. And more ever, Spostic talks about this a lot. Like, and I think it's a conversation that's going to start being had in the collective more. Like when someone texts you, like they are entering your space. Yes. Yeah. So you don't have to like, answer to their timeline you got your own timeline going on so I get out of my text messages because I'm the same way Gabby they stress me out so much and they're just not important yeah. they're just not that important we've lived our whole life without needing to get back to people this quickly mm-hmm. so I've eliminated that I turn off my Instagram notifications my email yeah. notifications mm-hmm. all notifications mm-hmm. are off basically um and the text though I feel you they're the thing that really really freaked me out so I just ignore them. Um, Gabby, I'd love to gift that to you too, because I will watch you text me eight times in a row and I'll think, I'll get to it. It's Gabby. So I never yeah. want you to look at my text and feel yeah. that from me ever because no, I don't. I don't. I don't. Okay. I don't. I just use it as an example because we're always texting each other. No, of course. But no, no, but no, no, no. I, I know that, that like if I, yeah. does iPhone still not have the like mark unread? Because that's the thing. No, they do. They, they, do. they have they do. it now? Okay, good. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll send you a screenshot of how to do it. Someone showed me this. Is that I need? And I was like, finally, finally, because that's why I feel the need to answer is because if not, I'm going to forget. Right. Or like if it's Meadow, for example, we're going to talk about 700 other things, then I'm going to forget the fucking thing that I was supposed to address. Yeah. Just put it on unread because that's once I started doing that, I was like, oh, literally the more, the more, you know, I know. I know we're going over and you have nothing left, but I have too much to talk to you about, but I would love, I know how much scout that our community, if they don't know you already is just now going to ride and just feel so aligned and expanded by you and become okay, sis and entrepreneur stands. But I would love, because I know we're going to get this question. Could you give us like a top three to five 
including your own, Scout's favorite books. Oh, Because you are a very, very good book resource queen. And our community loves those. Thank you so much. Oh, our our community will ride for yours, please. Yeah, we'll make a book list. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So there's a couple that changed my life. The Universe Has Your Back by Debbie Bernstein. My therapist recommended that book to me back in the day. I I know. Her, her, him. Her, yeah. Wishes Fulfilled by Wayne Dyer. Wayne Dyer is incredible, an amazing spiritual teacher. If you want something that's not spiritual, The Tools, which is the guy who did that, Jonah Hill. We talk about it all the time on here. Yeah, he's great. What's it called? Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza. That's for a little bit more of the people whose lives have been a little bit more spiritually expanded because it can be a lot. It's like a fucking textbook and it's a a ride, but that's an incredible book. What are some other ones that I absolutely love? You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay is really great. I think you taught me about Louise Hay like three years ago. Oh, great. So I never actually finished the book because I was kind of doing that work with Dr. Joe Dispenza. But when I was reading it, I was like, oh, this is like a much better intro. I read like half of it and Maddie read it and it changed her life. So I really recommend that one. Um, Those are great already. Can you pitch your own, please? Yeah. Oh, yeah, please. Oh. <laughs> Excuse me. I have a oh, But also, wait, I have some business ones, but your community is a little bit younger, so they might not. They have just a go. Yeah, we, we got a range too. Yeah. Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. Be by Jessica Zweig for your personal brands. And Traction mm. by Gina Wickman, I think, is an excellent one about how to create an organization and a really nice like quarterly goal structure. Cool. So they're right on the business side. Awesome. Thank you. And then my book is The Emotional Entrepreneur. It's the emotional guidebook to entrepreneurship. It's amazing. It'll help you get through all the anxiety, all the imposter syndrome, all the uncertainty, all of that kind of stuff and help you mentally take care of yourself as you build the business of your dreams. Mm. Okay. Oh, oh my God. And then one of my favorite books that is so fucking amazing is Rich as Fuck by Amanda Francis. Oh, I haven't read she, that. I haven't read that either. Oh so she's a money queen, abundance queen. And her book, Rich as Fuck, is so mind blowing when it comes to money mindset that she is my guru. I am in her money mentality makeover course. Cool. She's incredible. She's very pink. So it, it wasn't my brand at first. And then I, I was listening to her. I was like, this girl knows her shit. So get that book because that's changed wow. my mind. Okay, Ooh, I'm going to do that in tandem with my To Be Magnetic money workshop that I'm yes. currently doing. Yes, yeah. Ooh, I yeah. love it. I love working on money. Money's the yeah. best. All women should make money. We should all say, I love money in unison. I Ready? Love One, money. two, three. I, I love, love money. money. We should have you back okay, on wait. and just talk about money and reframing and woman empowerment. Yes. And that would be a really good episode too. We should. Can I be a regular? Scout, <laughs> please. Yeah. You were you were the third co-host. Yeah, you were literally whatever you want. Seriously. Okay. One last question for you. Now that we're doing the tips thing, if you could give our listeners like top three tips on the ways to pitch themselves, what would you say? Oh yeah, for us too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think a lot of our listeners come from a place of like learning to brag better about themselves, like in yeah. interviews, how to speak highly of yourself. Try to put yourself in spaces that you want to be in. And feel confident mm-hmm. doing yes. that and feeling Thank worthy you, of doing that. Okay. So, I mean, on an emotional level, again, like getting comfortable bragging about yourself and being proud of yourself. At the end of every OKSIS episode, we ask if you could brag about one thing and don't be humble, what would you brag about? Because I think that women don't do that enough. Mm-hmm. And I think that we think we're being arrogant, but we're not. We're just loving on ourselves and admitting where we're fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. So I would really encourage everyone to write down the five business or personal rags, whatever relates to you in the way that you want to get out there. I would write those down and just sit in that, sit in that pride. Like just be proud of yourself for a second before you do anything. Kind of anchor into that part of you that is just super proud of where you've been and what you've overcome and what you're doing and everything you've accomplished. I think acting out of that energy is actually incredibly, um, it actually has a lot of humility in it Mm -hmm. as well. Um, and a lot of emotions and a lot of like human vulnerability and intimacy. So I would do that. I would jump into the podcast game because I think it's the best way to put yourself out there. Like for example, if you want to be a marine biologist, um, start a podcast and interview all of the top marine biologists in your field 
And as a 23-year-old, you're going to be way more connected than someone yeah. who's worked as a marine biologist for 20 years Literally. and is only networking people at their job. Yep. So there's so much power in this medium to connect with others. And as far as, you know, being afraid or having fear and imposter syndrome or what if I sound wrong and, and all of those things, um, one, we all feel it. Two, we all sound like an idiot at one point or another. And three, I always have to come back to the point of, you know, people's opinions of me are none of my business because people view me through their own filtration and through their own beliefs and through their own experiences. And they are seeing a projection of me that's based upon their belief system and their cumulative experience. So people, what people think of you is really none of your business. And it actually doesn't have anything to do with who you are as yep. a person. Um, that doesn't mean that there aren't, you know, collective things that your friends might tell you you could work on. But someone's opinion of you on the internet or someone's opinion of you at a conference, if they don't jive with you, it's okay. Like, they don't jive with you. And that took me a while to learn. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, being on the internet and doing podcasts, you get some shit. Um, but yeah, just don't, we all go through it. Don't worry. It, it's it's like, what's the alternative? You're just going to not do any of this? Exactly. No, no, no. That's not, that's not what we're doing. Exactly. Yep. Oh, those are amazing. Scout, Ugh. the way my whole body is like, you have your expander in your city, in your network, get pregnant. Like I'm, my whole body is like, you've got her, it's time. Like, let me make a baby now. I want to be your mom friend. You are my expander when it comes to mother motherhood. I was going to say mothership. What's motherhood. going on? I, well, um, we're going to elope yeah. this year. We're engaged. We're eloping. And I want to get pregnant yesterday. But I'm not actively trying. I'm just like open to life's plans. Yeah, you wanted me. to get pregnant like a long time ago when we... I'm, I, I've been wanting to be pregnant since I fucking met well, this guy. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, found him. Because I'm not good at making mom friends. It's like not my forte. So I would like some. Thank you. Yes. Also no, 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 no. You don't understand. Meadow and I, all we do is like send each other. Like we're those people on the internet that like find other mom friends that like already have their groups. And we're like, this is going to be us. You're we're so going to do this. So like, wait, also love you so much. Everyone stalk, scout, follow all the things and also yes. hang up because I have to say something privately about that. <laughs> okay. We love you. you thank scout. you so thank much. You Come back. This. Be our third co-host. We love you more than anything. Oh, I love you guys. Thanks for listening, guys. Okay, bye. How's it going, y'all? It's Aaron. Don't let your Monday suck. Don't have those Sunday scaries. I'm tired of everybody waking up in the week saying, ah, shit, it's Monday. You know what goes down? TMV releases every week on Mondays. Make sure you rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're watching YouTube, Yes, TMV has a YouTube. Be sure to subscribe and ring that noti bell and never miss a thing. And also, join the TMV familia by joining the Thoughts May Vary Patreon and by following at Thoughts May Vary Pod on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you for listening. Great. There you go. Thanks, baby. Gotcha.